Welcome to Tucker Talks, where your host Mel Tucker goes all in. From music to moguls, culture to cuisine, and ball, ball, ball. And now, Renaissance man and overall good guy, Michigan State head football coach Mel Tucker. Welcome to Tucker Talks. I'm Mel Tucker, and we're talking via video chat with former NFL running back and NFL network analyst Maurice Jones Drew. <laughs> My man, man, listen, you know, you see, you let me apologize. What's this, man? I'm doing what the people tell me. I'm listening. I'm not, you know, I'm quarantining. I'm not, you know, getting my hair cut, trying to stay away, keep my six feet distance, trying to stay healthy. Um, You know, so I'm trying to show, you know, you got to show your leadership. Right. You can't just tell people what to do. You got to. Right. You got to lead by example. That's right. And that's what you always been about that. You always been that, that guy, man. You know, I don't have to worry about that because, you know, right here. I see it's that razor. Yeah, I had to let it go. I hung on as long as I could. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was in Jacksonville, man, the, the, the guys were like, come on, Tuck. You like, you gotta, you gotta let it go. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I still got my line. I still hey. got my line. Yeah, you were solid. I remember Everybody, those days. Those are good yeah. days. You look good, though, man. You look good. You, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. You've been doing a great job. I appreciate it. So what's been, been going on? Not much, man. I'm just out here living the dream in East Lansing, man. How, how are you doing? How's the family? Good, good. I was just in the Bay Area. I just came back to L.A. Um, mm-hmm. I was just with him in the Bay Area. Kids doing good, playing football. Daughter's doing cheer. Wife oh, is really? good. Dogs are good. Everybody's good. Yeah, how many of those dogs you got? Three? I got three. I had a bull. I had four. One of my bulldogs. I had to put him down. Mm. Um, but you know that that's how that's how it goes. He lived to about twelve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Twelve, thirteen ish. Um, I got two masters now and another bulldog. So you got a master. master? Two. You got two masters? Yeah, huge. <laughs> how 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 big? How much are they? What you think? Uh, for sure, one. They're both over two hundred pounds for sure. Ooh. But one's probably like 225, and the other one's probably like 200, 195, 200. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy, man. What do you feed them? Regular dog food. You just go through it a lot. You just go through, you know, 50 <laughs> pounds of dog food twice a week. So it's part of it, you know? Yeah, I feel you on that, man. So, so for people who don't know, we've known each other for, I don't know, what, since 2009, I think? Yeah. Yep. And uh, so I leave Cleveland. I go to uh, Jacksonville as the defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach for, for Jack Del Rio. I was fortunate because in Cleveland, you know, we had a lot of great players. And then I had uh, Jamal Lewis was our running back, you know, big time running back, Hall of Fame type guy. You know what I mean? Jay Lou, he's the guy, right? And then I roll into Jacksonville. And I got MJD on the squad. So I'm like, yo, I just went from like one great running back to the next great running back. And that's kind of when our relationship started. But you're on offense, I'm on defense. But for some reason, man, it felt like had like a really a really good bond. Do you remember what it was like, you know, back then, like when I think Greg Williams left and then I came in? Do you remember that transition? What was going on around that time? Oh yeah, I I remember all that. Um, you know, <laughs> Greg came in with a real aggressive style defense. He wanted to, you know, blitz, play man to man, you know, attack the quarterback. Um, and it was funny when you came over, uh, you actually had coached one of my boys, one of my, one of my best friends, Damon Jenkins, you had had him as an undrafted free agent. 
And yeah. it's funny because uh, people don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just weird where I just want to know every – I don't want to know everything about everyone like that I'm going right, to be around, right. especially in football, because we're going to be around each other. I'm going to be around you more than I'm going to be around my family. That's just, this That's is how right. the nature of the game is. And so I remember reaching out to him. Also, you coached my boy Eric Wright. Uh, e. Wright, e. Wright which, my man. <laughs> yeah, I, re I reached out to them, and they were like, you're going to love Mel. Mel's a great dude, like a ton of energy, passionate but you could just talk to him off the field. And I think that was the most important thing to me is I could relate to you off the field. And so um, when you came in, you had all that energy, right? Like <laughs> it, it was, it was so funny. Cause it was like, you got to compete to play, compete to stay right? <laughs> like relentless. Like it's yeah. just so many different things, loaf, the different type of loafs, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to tell this story because it, it, it's so funny. It cracks me up, but it was so true. I remember when you became the head coach, right? The interim coach, and you were talking about body language <laughs> through the stick figures, the stick figures, yeah. right? But it, it was so it was it was so relatable because it's like it's okay, stuff is gonna happen, bad stuff is right. gonna happen, but you have right. to be you know confident in yourself to and, and your body language has to show those type of things. And so it was you know it's it's funny uh, when you came in, you know we were you know 2008 was a season we had so much promise going in beforehand. Right. Uh, just right. came off a playoff run the year before, mm -hmm. had a ton of injuries, you know, just a lot of turmoil going on. Yep. You know, we had made some some front office decisions have been made to pay some guys outside the building instead of guys inside the building. Yeah. And that kind of messed <laughs> up. So, yep. you know, 2009 yep. comes in, and, you know, at that point I was becoming, you know, they just told Fred that they're going to let me kind of be the guy and mm -hmm. they were going to let him go and test free agency. And, yeah. Uh, it was just so much change that, you know, being a, I want to say I might've been 23, 24 at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, and you got 30 year olds looking at me for advice on how to do this thing. And so right, it, right. It, it was, it was a different time, but when you came in, you, you brought a calmness that I thought mm -hmm. we needed as an organization in general, mm -hmm. um, because it was important. Like there was so much chaos going around everywhere right, else, you know, but, right came in with a, uh, a different mindset it, it was it was funny to hear you ride other guys and and those things but it, <laughs> it brought a calmness to our, our team and, and to be honest I mean I really and I was I just wrote this article on NFL.com that's gonna come out in a little bit but we were a game or two away I felt like from making the playoffs yeah and we had a yep. tremendous run late in the year mm -hmm. but a lot of that was that we started to come together as a team through yep. all that and it, and it was the calmness of yourself and I think a couple other coaches that kind of just put our focus and direction on ball instead of everything yeah. else going on. I'll tell you what, man, that was a great time in my career. I mean, I, I loved Jacksonville and I love that, that group of guys. You talked about me being the interim head coach. Do you, do you remember how that whole thing went down, man? Like, was that the craziest thing? Like I walk in one day and then they see, you know, you know, Wayne Weaver's calling me to his office saying, Hey, I need you to do this. And it was, we, we were getting ready for a Monday night football game. That's right. I, I, rem I remember like it was yesterday. Um, like it, it, people, I, I don't think people really understand what life is like um, as a football player. Like you see the glory, you right. see the guys driving the cars and you see right. the, the Instagram stuff, but you don't really see what goes on inside that building. Mm -hmm. And that was a time for like, that was the first time I've ever been a part of a coach getting fired right. in my life. Right? right. And so I don't know how to handle that. I've never had to handle that before. And like, I don't know. Am I supposed to keep in contact with Coach Del Rio? Am I supposed right. to not talk to him and put all my attention on you? Like right. there was right. so much going on at that time. 
Um, and I remember, you know, that was right around the time that he said he's going to sell the team too. Right. It was like that old meeting. Remember that whole meeting was like, yeah. sell the team, the coach is fired and y'all got to handle this thing. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, but it was crazy. you know, as a group, we had some tremendous leaders like Daryl Smith, right. Who wow. doesn't talk. He didn't talk a lot, but he came to work every day. Right. We had, you know, a lot of other guys who, you know, Paul plus Lesney was there. a lot of other guys that, yep. that stuck yeah. in there. Um, Ernest Biner being a coach that was, you yep. know, a part of that and pushing and, and, and making yep. sure that we stayed focused. Yep. And, and I think it was the, it was the simplicity of what you gave us that first meeting of I just, this is what, all I want for you to do. I want on offense. I just want you to finish, finish everything. Right. Then yep. defense was vertical edge and we had the little <laughs> coins. Right. And, but That's right, and, baby. But I've, what I've learned in my life is when you have so much chaos going around you, simplicity yep. is what allows you to get back on track. Yeah. And and to focus on what you need to focus on. And, and that's what we needed at that point. I tell you, that was a very interesting time for all of us. But you know, at the end of the day, I, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it could, I wish we could have won more games during that stretch. But, Man. you know, but I do remember, uh, I think I was driving. I don't know if it was after a game or after practice. I remember driving home one night and I called you on the cell phone. And I said, hey, man, do you want to win the Russian title? Is this I'll something that you want? You like, you like. Tuck, man, I, I want, I want, I want the title, but I just can't practice every day, man. My body's beat up. You remember that? Yeah. Listen, I, I tell people that story all the time. When uh, it's funny, your name comes up a lot, obviously in a, in a ton of different circles. But I remember, like, I was like, look, I'm doing my best. Like, I am trying to give you everything I got. But I think I like pulled my hip flexor. I had an ankle or a shoulder injury, and you were like, well, I don't need you out here then. I need you to be as healthy as you can for game day. And he was, and I remember you said something that, that really, you know, forced me to be a better pro. You were like, I want you to know that the game plan, like Dirk Cutter knows the game plan. If, if I can test you on Saturday and feel comfortable, then we can do this. And then, and that was a challenge that I took head on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, Cause I, re- I remember that practice where I tried to come out there and practice. I couldn't run. I, I was remember. like flipping around. And you I were like, get out of here. What are you doing? I'm like, like, you know, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, you know, and I, and I have to always tell people this, that it wasn't necessarily just me mm-hmm. out there. Like the, man, we had receivers out there blocking like fullbacks that bought into, right. into what we That's wanted right. to do. We had offensive linemen, you know, blocking two and three guys. Our quarterback was doing the best he could to lead us. Uh, you know, Blaine was yeah. doing his best and, That's and, right. You know, the, we, we all bought into that. And then the defense as well. The defense understood yeah. and they bought into it. And we, we yeah. had a common goal that we wanted to reach. Even though the wins didn't really show, um, it didn't really show in the win column, yeah. the way we played showed, though. Right. Yeah. And I, I, remember, I remember at the end of that year, we had those meetings. And I remember sitting down in Gene Smith's office telling him, like, you need to hire Mel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like. This is who we want to play for. Like, we're ready. You know, like, this is who we want. Um, and, you know, it was a long, it was probably like a two-hour meeting that I was in there with him. And I was trying to convey to him the little things. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say that was the year you had the Relentless, right? Wasn't that the mm-hmm. you had the Relentless card? Yeah, 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 no doubt. Right? That, that was the, <laughs> yeah. the year you hurt your, your quad. And so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on a scooter. You remember that? I was yeah, coaching I from a scooter at the the early part of the year. Yeah, that's that was, I, I, that was, I was brutal, man. 
But yeah, but you had Relentless and Relentless 2. And think about that. That was <laughs> seven years ago. And I remember that because yeah. you were like, it didn't matter what happened to me. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to coach my butt off. And I'm going to do everything I have to do to make sure my guys are prepared. And I was like, that, that is what we're looking for, you know? Um, but like, like you said, like those are those, that's what I learned when you were there. Like being a coach, you, you're more than just a coach. Right. If that that's makes right. sense. Like, right. like I coached little kids and, you know, I did that for a couple of years mm-hmm. and you, I learned very quickly. Like I, I stole a lot of your sayings. I mean, <laughs> compete to play, compete to stay is definitely one of them. Um, critical 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 you got to right uh the loaf chart i had the loaf chart for my kids i had the body language the different type of loaves we had it all right but i love it man i love it <laughs> but i also learned like you're a therapist yeah as a coach. That's you know, right. you're a father figure as a coach you're a, a mentor as a coach you're all the things that that's what coach stands for not just a play caller like that's the easy part that's the easy part that's the, the easy part the, it was the other stuff that you did for us. You know, just the fact, like, if we came to you, like, look, like, today's just one of them days, like, we can't be in pads today. You'd be like, <laughs> all right, look, give me pads today, and I'll I'll take it off on the back end. Like, all right, we got, like, we were just working. It was, it's like anything. You're just working together. You know, I, the other thing that people don't understand is that there's a, like you said, there's a working relationship with the, in the NFL, with the coaches and the players, Right. It's like where you're working together. It's not. Uh, it's not like you're working for us. You're working with us, and that group of guys was was like a a, gr- a great group. Do you stay in touch with any of those guys, like Mercedes or or uh, oh, or, yeah. uh, or Greg Jones or you know dudes like that? Yeah, I, I talk to. Um, you know, I see a lot of the guys at the combine every year. Guys that went into coaching or scouting. Mm. Um, you know, and I you know we try to text and keep up. I think life as you tend to leave football, it kind of takes you in different directions, mm-hmm. but I always try to check in on guys um, all the time. In Mercedes, I'm going I'm to talk to him probably once, twice a month, maybe. You, yeah. um, and I, I mean, obviously I work because he's still playing, which is mind blowing. He's still out there. Um, giving Unbelievable, it, bro. Right. He's still giving it uh, everything that he, he, he has. So I always watch him. And if, if the Rams who I work for play whatever team he's on, mm-hmm. I get to see them. Um, I talked to Brad. We had me and Brad Meester have the same birthday, so that's easy. Meester. Yeah, happy birthday. Um, and then a lot, you know, through social media, you you always check in on guys yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, I'm gonna take you back to like to high school real quick. And you know, if you look at your bio, it's long. I mean, you have a lot of accomplishments. But going back to De La Salle High School, one of the great programs there was a undefeated run there of like 151 games am i right yeah and you were you were a part of that but you know you never lost like three years you didn't lose a game i I never lost a game in high school never lost a game in high school so how far in that into that run was de la salle when you got there was it at the beginning or in the middle or uh i was i was the 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 i my senior year they had one more undefeated season, then they lost the year after that. Okay. What was it like going into that program and knowing that the expectation was we just don't lose games? And, and then know, be, and being the guy, you know, what was that like? Well, it, it's funny because, you know, it, it, they, the way they set their culture up wasn't necessarily like that. Like, we didn't think about winning, like, the streak. We just thought about being the best that we could be. Mm-hmm. Um total competition 
everything was, you know, like DJ Williams was there, who he told me to actually hit me up and tell me to tell you hello. He said uh, something about uh, steak and potatoes, no french fries over here. <laughs> he told me to tell you that. But, you know, I was a freshman when he was a senior, and okay. he had set the standard, right? He was yeah. the best player in high school football. Yep. Probably was the only guy I've ever seen that could go from high school to the pros if he wanted to physically. Wow. But I remember working out with him as a freshman, and we were good. Like, we were talented. as a, My freshman class, we had a ton of guys, I want to say, off my freshman team, four of us went to the NFL, which is, I mean, that's like, you can't ask for freshman football, four guys go to the league. Like you're solid. Um, But we didn't know how to work. Like we were just a talented group. We didn't understand what hard work was. And I remember the first time I, I worked to went to varsity to train. I was actually working out with DJ. I threw up probably like seven times. Wow. And I was like, dude, there's no way I can keep this up. Right. And he was like, that's, that's the only way you can do it. And so over time, if you wanted to play there, Mm-hmm. and you wanted to be a part of that program, you understand that you outworked everybody. It wasn't, you know, the expectation, again, like our expectation wasn't winning games. It was how hard were you going to work? Mm-hmm. Were you willing to sacrifice everything for the greater good of the program? Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't the coaches telling us that. It was the players telling each other that. Right. And and it's it's funny because in this article that I wrote for NFL.com, I said one of the, the my biggest disappointments in football in the NFL was I didn't in strongly encourage my teammates to train together while we were in Jacksonville. Yeah, um, I got you. And that is what made De La Salle so special, right? That's mm-hmm. what made the, to my time at UCLA so special. Yeah. Is that we pushed each other to be the best that we could be. Like, you could lean on me and I could lean on you if I needed it. Sure. Um, and so... I remember at Dela. I remember it's so funny. We were playing. Um, we were. It was right after my sophomore season. I was. I didn't have the best season. I was a sophomore. Didn't know kind of where my you know elbows were. My other part was, and uh, <laughs> I was just. I was just all over the place. And I remember our coach calling us all in, um, and saying like, "Look, we're going to play this team, Long Beach Poly. Do y'all want to play them?" And you know we're a confident bunch, but right. you know we were like. Why not? Like, we want to play the best. He was like, right. but this ain't, like, you got to understand, these dudes are different. You know, they <laughs> they got this guy by the name of Mercedes Lewis who's six seven tight end, and they got Herschel Dennis, and they got these defensive linemen, and they're lying across the board, weighs 300 and some odd pounds. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, like, get set it up. We have all offseason to prepare for it, and we'll go out there mm-hmm. and, and see what happens. And, you know, that offseason for me was the most important because – Every day we had something to strive for, right? right? It wasn't like we played modern day before. We played other programs before. But they were the number one team on some boards, and we were the number two, and vice right. versa, and other, yep. and other things. So this was going to be the first national championship high school football game ever played. Right. And I remember One versus day, two. One versus two. We, it's just, it, somebody got to lose. Somebody going to win, right. someone going to lose, right? <laughs> and I remember running track. And every day we were at track because they had a cat. Uh, we went down at a run. And they had a dude by the name of uh, is Derek, uh, Derek something. I forget his last name. But he ran 10-3 in the 100. So, exactly. You saw that face? So, I'm like, <laughs> I got to play defense and offense and cover this guy? Like, I got to be on my game. And right. so, we would uh, – that offseason was the most important. And and it really changed my mind as a player on how important the offseason is. Right. Um, and how critical it is for – 
success during the season. And so we went into that all season. I mean, we were fighting each other, everything. If I saw you not doing your job, right. I was on you like white on rice. Like, look, that's not good enough. That's right. You're not, you're that's not right. working hard enough. Right. Right. Um, and and it, it also forced me to become a leader as well, because, you know, sometimes guys get complacent. Sometimes guys feel like it's okay. Like I'm doing just enough, right. but we were about to play Long Beach Poly. Just enough wasn't good enough. You had to be exceptional at everything you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just changed my mindset going in. And, and, and then I realized what De La Salle was all about, if that makes sense. Like that yep. all season really yep. showed me what De La Salle was all about. Like, yeah, I can go in there and squat 300 pounds and do it six times. But if I wasn't, if that was easy, I need to put more weight on the bar. Right. I can That's run, right. you know, hundreds. And, you know, if I, if, if, if I'm running, if we're running the hundred and, you know, we got to run hundreds and we got to run 10 of them, they got to come in in 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that was easy. Well, I need to be coming in 11 and 12 seconds on my mm-hmm. own without the coach telling me that I need to be fast. Right. right. That's right. Um, And it, it just, it just showed me exactly what it wasn't, like people can work hard. Right. right? And, and I, and, and like hard work is you can go out there and be in the gym for seven hours and say you worked hard, but if you weren't That's doing right. it the right way, That's right. Right. If you weren't pushing yourself, you, those seven hours are wasted. And so that's, that's right. that, that was the De La Salle mentality. And that's why so many guys come out of there that are successful, not in just football, but mm-hmm. a lot of my classmates are successful in business or fin- finances mm-hmm. or whatever they're doing, because, of that mindset that was created, you you either you learn it or you leave, right? And right, that's how right. I was. I'm sure you could have went to any college that you wanted to go to. You one of the most highly recruited players. You like the number one rated all around, multi-purpose back athlete in the country at the there. time. Yeah, you were you were up there, like <laughs> way up there. And so, you know, UCLA. You know, what what were your expectations? just going into UCLA after being undefeated in high school and talk to me a little bit about that process of deciding to go there and then what it was like after you got there. Um, it was funny because my first scholarship offer was to Colorado, but, and I was going to go and I went on this trip there and it was 14 degrees outside. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. I remember you that. told me that. Yeah, I, was like, I don't, I was like, Ooh, I don't know. It's cold, you know? Um, and then next came Wisconsin. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, am I going to have to play in this cold weather? <laughs> um, but after that came USC and a couple other places. And then UCLA came. And one, you just if you go to that campus and you see that place, like, that, that, that was a sell on its own. But two, I wanted my I – was, I was thinking more about, like, my legacy. Mm-hmm. I can go to a team that's winning and continue to win. Right, and right. That's easy. I mean, you get guys, they already have a culture set up. They already have things set up there. Um, And UCLA wasn't a a losing program. They had won six games, seven games, um, and they were kind of on the thing, but there was a new head coach there. Mm -hmm. Um, They had just fired their coach, and there was a new coach there, and I wanted to be a part of helping build that program up. It's funny. We're on Instagram Live, so, I mean, we could keep it, and I'll I'll, I'll tell the story. I I remember first (laughs) getting there and being like, like, wow, this is college football, like, I'm going to sit back and watch and learn because this is, you know, it's different than high school. High school is one thing. This is college. This is different. Right. And so I just sat back my freshman year. I didn't say much to people. Like I kind of just did what I had. I want um, what I needed to do for me. Mm-hmm. And I would just observe everyone and how people worked and different things. I never spoke out. And eventually 
you know, we were six and one. We ran, we were, we were one and oh, and then we lost to, oh, I forget who we, we might've lost to. I think we lost to Oklahoma down the stretch. We ended up being like six and one. Mm-hmm. And then we literally lost six games straight, the bowl game included. And at that point, I was like frustrated. Um, I, I can I can only imagine how you'd be at that point. Well, you, okay, so we lost the first game. We lost <laughs> our first game to Colorado. That's who we lost to. We lost our first game to Colorado, and then I think we ended up being, we ended up losing to Oklahoma later in the year. And then that's kind of once we lost to Oklahoma, it was like downhill from there. Right, right, right. Um, and so I remember going into that off season, and I I called all my freshman boys that we were all together. I'm like, look. You know, Matthew Slater, who plays for the Patriots, mm-hmm. Chris Horton, who's a coach for the Ravens. Uh, yeah. You know, we had a lot of dudes there. And I, I said, listen, and we, we probably I want to say like six or seven of us went to the pros after that. But I, I said, look, you know, I don't know how you guys are used to working at your high schools or I don't know how you guys are used to doing things. But this is not what I'm accustomed to doing, like guys showing up late and all this and that. And I'm like, so. I'm like, there's going to come up, there's going to be an opportunity for me to kind of assert myself as the leader. I'm going to need you guys to back me up. Right. Um, and we need, as a group, we need to kind of push ourselves going forward to right. be better. And so I remember like it was yesterday, we're running, uh, we had the strength coach named Doc Crease and we're running 110s. And, you know, we got linemen who are like 330 pounds, 340 pounds running these 110s and they're tired. I mean, we're, and it's not like we're getting, this is, this is the old college workouts when you're not, right. uh, there's no number of one tens you're running. You're just going to run until he's just running. Gonna, yeah, we're just running. And we had a guy, um, a certain player on the side who was walking, who was injured and he was an older player. Um, and he spoke out like, get off your knees and this and that. And then to me, I was like, dude, like you're hurt. Yeah. You hurt. What like, you doing? You know, what are you talking about? Like we're, we're, we're talking to him, but yeah, like don't, don't try to coach us or discipline us because you're a senior because you're not out here working. And so we started barking. <laughs> like, while we're running, coach, while we're running, I'm barking at him. I'm talking crazy to him, you know? And I'm winning every sprint, and I'm barking at him. And then when we finally get done, I looked at my boys. I go, today's the day. And so we got in the locker room, um, and, you know, some words were exchanged. Guys got to grabbing on each other a little bit. And eventually, you know, once everything, all the ruckus, like, kind of broke out, I said, listen, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to losing. I'm not used to um, not giving it my all on the field. I'm not used to none of that. And I'm like, I'm not going to get used to that. And either you're going to be with us as a team and give it everything you have, show up on time. I was like, we don't, I don't have many rules. Like, there's not many rules in football. It's be where you're supposed to be right. when Do you're supposed job. to be there compete and get everything you have. That is literally Period. it. Like those, that's it. What else do you want? Like there's nothing else to worry about. <laughs> that's it. And I was like, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to be here. We'll help. We'll, I will gladly help you get out of here. If I could, if I can, you know, or we're just going to fight every day. One day <laughs> you get out, right? Um, And you know, I would say like 85% of the team bought into it. And there was the other 15 that didn't. But eventually, over time, when you become an outcast, right, and people stop, you know, because that wasn't cool to me to not give it your all. Right. But that, that wasn't cool to me to show up late and, you know, or right. whatever you were doing on your off time, if it wasn't helping us, it was hurting us. And that was mm-hmm. my mindset. 
so, you know, I had Eric Bieniemy, who, you know, just won a Super Bowl with the yep. Kansas City Chiefs as my running back coach. EB, and Tom man. Cable was there. And Carl DeRoe, who's now the head coach of Colorado, was the head coach yep. there. And John Embry was yep. uh, the tight ends coach who's with the Niners. Kyle Shanahan was our GA. Like, we we had everything there to win. You had to. Right? It was crazy. But it was the mindset of the players that, that we didn't, you know, we didn't have it. And that offseason was very critical for us mm-hmm. because we had to change the culture. Right. And so it's funny because that next that next year, instead of going six and seven, we went seven and six. Okay. Right. And yep. but it yep. was a different. It was a different. Was different. Seven yeah. and six though. Right. Like right. We, we out. We beat. Uh, we had beat a couple of teams that we were, weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. We lost some tough games, but it was just a different energy. It was a different vibe of what was going on. Um, and then I, after that season, we um. After that, you know, we had some some other things that happened throughout that season. Like there was a meeting where I had to like call some players out in front of you know the coaches and stuff, and right. and other players stood up and called other guys out because again, don't get mad if you're not doing everything that you're supposed to right. do. You know, right, like, right, do it the right way the first time. We should be good. Right. But that next off season, we had a hundred percent buy-in. There you go. And right, everyone is doing yep. their job. Everyone's going and they're balling. And then guess what? We go ten and two that year. Again, like, I wish, you know, you, you always wish they can go back in time, but I truly wish when I became that 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 leader or that person in Jacksonville that I strongly mm-hmm. encourage players right. to do this because if we train together, let's say, from February throughout the offseason together, and you get your yeah. two months off or whatever right. you want to do. Right. But if we were working together from February on until, let's say, June, you would have a different feel for each other. Right. Right? right. Even if you don't like someone, you would respect that person because you saw the work they're putting in, how hard they were working. You got the or chemistry, the, the culture, chemistry. everybody's buying in, you know, working hard right. together, you and, know, and sacrifice, you know. Exactly. All those things would have went into play. And, and so that for me was like when I thought back, like, you know, I've had a lot of time to think during this quarantine. And, and that's something that I thought about it one day was just like if I had an opportunity to go back and do it all over again mm-hmm. as the leader of the team it would have been less about me being the best that I can be and more about me trying to help our team be the best that we can be. Sure. And, and, you know, just training camp isn't enough, right? OTAs aren't enough. No. It's the the stuff that you do when you don't have to be there. That's the, the, the glue to everything. And, And so that's why, that's what makes, to be quite honest with you, that's what makes high school such a phenomenal sport that's why everyone loves it everyone played it. everyone had that that bond that chemistry that's what makes college football so mm-hmm. awesome is that you get mat drills and you have winter conditioning and you have spring ball you're with each right. other 24 7 and you right. learn how to handle people you learn how to deal with different personalities you learn right. how to work with different people and you learn to respect people even if you don't like them you learn to respect them because of what mm-hmm. they're putting their work in well you've always been a winner man and you got the, the experiences that you have are just invaluable. And so you, you left early, correct? Yeah, yeah, I left early. You left early. So is it true that you went back to UCLA to try to finish up or? Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I left super early. Right? <laughs> uh, it wasn't just early. Uh, so you left super quarter, early, right? Yeah, UCLA's on the quarter system. So um, it's funny because I left after the, the fall quarter which means I had – it wasn't like semester where you have, you know, two things. You have four. So I literally had a whole – my whole junior year and another four quarters of my senior year. Oh. So 
I'm still, you know, piecing it together. Chipping away I'm at not, it. I'm chipping away at it. I'm not that there far away, but I'm chipping at it. Um, you get there. But yeah, like it's, it's, I think it's important to, you know, if you start something to finish it. Uh, and I had been offered to do like, I think Larry Fitzgerald graduated from uh, Phoenix. Yeah. What is it? University. Phoenix, University yeah. of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I had, could have did that. I could have went to JU in Jacksonville or UNF. Right. Right. But I didn't start there, you know, right. and it's important for me uh, and, and to show my, my children that, you know, mm-hmm. if you start something, you finish it. And so I've been, you know, really working on trying to get that done. You know, it, it's tough, though, because once I you know. get to the real world, school's a little bit different. But yeah, you got obligations, um, man. You got you got stuff you got to do, you know, exactly. You'll get it done. You'll get it done. Speaking about, you know, just life after football, man, like I always knew you know how you see guys and you like, man, you know, you worry about a guy after football. But for you, I knew that you were going to be successful. I didn't know what you were going to do. But it seems like to me from the outside looking in that you've kind of figured it out a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm not playing. So can you talk to us a little bit about that transition and then, you know, yeah. trying to figure out what you're going to do? Well, uh, you know, I think first and foremost, you have to have um, the proper people around you guiding you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got in the league at 20. Like, so I, I left super early, right? I'm 20 years old in the league. Um, and I and my agent, Adisa Bakari, who represents a lot of guys in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, one of the things he told me was, when you get to the NFL, you're on the, the downhill of your career, right? If you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wish everyone could play 20 years, right? Sure. But sure majority of people if you really do it right you'll probably play between seven and five to seven years is about what you'll get you know right. you get the guys that are play like frank gore play 16 but you get also sure. guys that are be two and done you get an injury right, right. you don't know and so right. he was like we need to start focusing on your life after football mm-hmm. right now and i was 20 i'm like i like i i just got drafted like what do you mean he was like right. we need to figure out what you want to do and so uh, we went through a, a a series of different, you know, I did a bunch of the NFL has a bunch of these boot camps that you can do from mm-hmm. broadcast boot camp to the music uh, business, you know, from Warden School. They'll do all these things mm-hmm. for you. And um, I just fell in love with the broadcast side of it. I thought it was very interesting that, you know, to be able to still be around the game in a certain capacity. It's not as taxing as football, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, you still have to work at it. Still and, and it work still at gives it, yeah. you something to go and do. And so I remember when I got to Jacksonville, I did the broadcast boot camp my second year. Mm-hmm. And then I had a radio show that I would do an hour a week. And then I did the TV show, which was an hour a week. Right, and, right. you know, it, it, they were small commitments, but they were reps that I needed to, to learn how to, you know, be better. Once I retired, I was able to, you know, I, I ended up signing with the NFL Network, which was awesome because... I'm still around a team in a way, if that makes sense. And I think yeah. that's one thing that you see a lot of players struggle with is, you know, that locker room is important because in the yeah. locker room, you can talk about any and everything. No one judges right. you, whatever problems you have, you can right. guarantee you 10 people in that locker room have been through it and they can help <laughs> you, you know, in your, whatever that's situation right. might've been. Um, right. But once you leave, there is no locker room, right? Now you're in the real world. You're in a, a yeah. you're in the workforce and right. Have to be careful on how you speak and some of the things that you say. And so, sure, coming sure. to the network was a great transition because there were guys that you know, Deion Sanders is there, Michael mm-hmm. Irvin, um, Willie McGinnis, a uh, guy that really you know um, was a person that I, I leaned on a ton was Solomon Wilcox. Yeah, 
Solid, who's, uh, you yeah. know, I, I've known him uh, for a while now, but um, he was a guy that I really leaned on because he'd been doing TV for 20 years at that point. Sure. Wow. So he was, you know, you know, giving me a, a just sprinkling me with game pretty much telling me, find your niche, you know, whatever you want to be on TV, be that don't allow sure. other people to pull you in different directions. Right. Um, and it would, like I said, it was still around being a team. Like we'd go out and hang out, have drinks. We could still talk, right, you know, right. guys have families and stuff, but they would find time to help you out. And it's funny, like you start like guys that I watched growing up, like Rod Woodson or Terrell Davis, like they're my boys now. Right. right, right, so right. I, I always tell Terrell Davis, he's the best player to ever play in the best system possible. That's why he got his <laughs> Hall of Fame jacket. The uh, system back. The he's system, system guy. back. He's a system guy. But, but not like, but it's awesome because, you know, he'll he'll come back and he'll text me some of his highlights. But it's just we have conversation and it allows us to yeah. to still be the guys that, you know, feel that that type of way. And so it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to kind of be able to transition out of the game the right way. And like I said, that was that was really important for me. And so now being in, you know, TV and then working for the Rams and yeah, how did Rams deal? How that happen, yeah. man? Like, how'd you? How'd you get that gig? Uh, I got a call. I got a, so I had a, I had a uh, radio show after Jacksonville. I got a radio show with Sirius, X, Sirius XM. And I was literally doing that, you know, every probably three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Rams had heard me speak on there and they knew I was an LA guy and I've been there and they reached out and they were like, would you like to call the game? I was like, I've never done it before, but why not? Right. Why not try? And let me tell you, I was horrible. <laughs> Horrendous. The first, like, I want to say the first five, maybe ten weeks was horrible. How do you know? How do you know you were horrible? Like oh, you could this. just, you, I could, I would just say stuff that I knew didn't sound right, right? <laughs> like I don't even know how to to explain it, but it was just, it just, I wasn't, um, I wasn't describing the play the way that it should be described, at least in my mind. And I would, I was listening to guys and yeah. I was studying, trying to figure out how other people were saying it and right. listening to different radio broadcasts. But I had, again, it's similar to football, and it's similar to a lot of other things. Like, I had to find my way of doing it. Yeah, that's right. And that's and right. It, it was crazy because I, I got I got depressed because I'm like, I'm not good at this. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I just want to quit, you know? And my broadcast partner, J.B. Long, uh, who is probably one of the best out there right now, he's a, a young guy, up-and-coming guy. He'll be doing TV and stuff very soon. Uh, big games, too. Uh, he pulled me to the side one day and he was like, Hey man, like, let's go, let's go work out together. Let's find out, let's go have dinner. And, you know, we sat down and had a great conversation and we yeah. started having dinners and yeah. I started getting more comfortable with him, mm-hmm. um, which allowed me to then say, you know, more comfortable things that, and I just, our flow just started to work. Sure. sure. And I, I want to say I've been there for four years now, four or five years now, which was, which has been awesome. And, um, you know, I've got, I feel like I've gotten better. I still have my moments where I'll stumble, I'll say stuff, but uh, I, I feel like I've gotten better and better. And I, I've learned how to critique myself, right? Like all the things mm-hmm. that you learn in football, watching yeah. tape and all those watching things. Film, I've, learned, yeah. I've transitioned that to this side where I listen to myself and I always talk to my boss, Jory Hirsch, and I always tell him like, give me some feedback if you feel or, you know, tell me how you feel. And there's other people in, the, in there as well. I have another boss named Amanda. Um, I always ask her as well, like, tell me what you hear. How can I be right. better? What are some of the things that I can do? Is it my right. energy? Is it, you know, am I not using the proper phrases or what am I, how can I be better? And, you know, you need people around you that are going to tell you the truth and not be yes, men. 
and yeah. they've done a tremendous job of just, you know, keeping me on point on what I have to do. Well, you've done, you done a fantastic job. I remember listening to you, it might have been a couple of years ago, and there was like a fantasy football uh, yeah. deal. Like, and I was like, man, like you knew every guy in the league. You knew every single stat. It was like, like tell me what was going on with that. Like, you did you have a fantasy football show or yeah. like a – No, yeah. So, you know, one of the beautiful things about um, working on TV is you have to put in your own work. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. you have to watch tape. Like my, my TV stays on NFL network. I'm always trying to pick up things. Sometimes I watch our competitor. I'm not going to say their name. Somebody I watch the competitors, right? <laughs> um, they also have, there's also people in that building that will help. We have researchers. Like okay. if I'm saying I want to find, you know, Saquon Barkley's numbers from week five against the, the Eagles defense, because they're playing the Eagles defense week 12. Right. Like they, we have people that can go and do that for you, but I've also done that on my own. And yeah. so, I also, you know, I also try to talk and, and figure out other people's opinions as well, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's always good to bounce things off each other. And right. because you want to be confident when you're on TV, you don't want right. to uh, maybe, you know, you want right. to be able to talk those things out so that you're confident when that mm -hmm. camera comes on. And, uh, you know, when you play fantasy football and you're a football fan, like a lot of us are, mm -hmm. it's easy to say, for me, it's easy to be like, I can talk about, you know, Alvin Kamara. I can talk about Christian McCaffrey. I can talk right. about Frank. I can talk about anyone, any back, any player. Backs, because yeah. I love the game. Sure, sure. Well, man, you uh, we're going to wrap up, man. I really appreciate your time. Uh, one of my favorite guys, I mean, of all time, like my entire career. I, I mean, that. you know, I, I got your picture up in my office, man, everywhere. I see you, I see you, you know, pictures of the stuff I got up of you, you know, you had a tremendous impact on my career and I learned, I learned a lot from you. Um, I just had a couple of closing uh, deals. Is it true that you, I've read something about a vegan. I, oh, I was, I was vegan for a minute. I did. How vegan. That, tell me how, tell me how that went. It, it's crazy. So um, one of my boys back home was like, dude, I just watched this documentary. You should check it out. And I, it's, it was called what the health. And it was like a thing probably like three or four years ago. And he was like, man, like, I'm done eating meat. And I'm like, let me watch this. And so I watched <laughs> it. And I was kind of like, I'll try it. And, right. you know, it's crazy because right away, literally, I had my allergies went away. I had no inflammation. Like, you know, you get knee injuries. and right, I, had right, no, right. I could wake up. Oh, I was good. Uh, just the problem was I traveled a ton. And so mm, it's right. hard to go to, like, Dallas, Texas. And, I, and say, well, now you can do it. But back when I was traveling, it was like, yo, I need this vegan meal. They vegan, like they <laughs> they grill and barbecue everything. They they cook everything in meat. They probably bathe right, it, right? right? <laughs> and so I would get I would get like really sick because I would eat something that had meat in in it or a dressing that wasn't right. you know that had dairy in it, right. and uh, it would like wear me down. And so mm. it just it just became like. It, it was nice, but it's funny because like other guys, I've talked to like Reggie Bush, who's now like going vegan. Right, right. Other, when I was going vegan, it wasn't cool, right? It, it was, <laughs> now it's now it's cool, right? It's cool now, so everybody want to go vegan. So I'm happy that like I'm like, look, hey, been there, done that. Um, <laughs> I try to I try not to eat as as much meat as possible, but right, you know, right. I'm not gonna ever stop eating, you know, chicken sure. and steak sure. and stuff like that. Sure. 
Hey, so what's the, what's in store for you the next uh, you know couple of years or down the road with the you know what you got going? What are you yeah, thinking about? Um, first, I got to say congratulations on on your new job. Thank uh, you, appreciate you, man. It's funny when I was in college, I actually took an unofficial there. Great place, cold, but great place. Uh, big campus. <laughs> That's uh, right. I want to say you have what like one hundred and seven thousand on, on campus. It's a nice, it's a nice size campus, and it's uh, it gets a little, it gets a little chilly. But you know, I'm from Cleveland, yeah, I know, Midwest, so this kind of that's what I, that's what I'm used to. I need that, yeah, in my life, at, yeah. Um, no, I, I, like I said, I think, um, you know, first of all, that like, I always been wanting to tell you congratulations on that. It, you know, that's a you, big man. deal. Um, for me, next though, um, you know, I, I want to do daytime TV. Mm. That like that is my that is one of my one of my goals when I got into television was to kind of, you know, kind of do what Strahan's doing like in a way. Strahan type stuff. Yeah. Huh? Like, you know, I, I think what he, he did was one was, you know, brilliant, right. Mm -hmm. To, to be able to bridge that gap of your average American and athlete and make people feel comfortable. I think that was mm -hmm. awesome, but also the way he carries himself, right? Like, yeah. you don't, he, he handles everything professionally. You yeah. know, he's been, uh, he's had some tough tasks that he's had to deal with and the way he's mm -hmm. handled those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, that that's definitely uh, a way I want to go. But also, I want to be able to call, continue to call the games mm -hmm. and, you know, and just try to see what, what's, you know, just try to keep going in the broadcast television world as best as possible. I don't think I'm going to do acting, though. Uh, I mean, you know, you got to be, I can't look like this ever if I'm going to be <laughs> acting. So, uh I'll stay with the. I'll stick with the other stuff. The good, the morning, the morning talk shows, and the different things like that. Well, you're gonna do a great job, man. I'm pulling for you, and as you, you know, man, anything I can ever do for you, man, just just holler at me. I'll be there for you, and and uh, I appreciate you taking the time and catching up with me today. I know it's a Saturday, man, so I'm gonna let you get on with the rest of the weekend, and uh, let's stay in touch, man. We will. I appreciate you, Coach. Like I said, you. You you did a, you did wonders for myself and a lot of other guys in this league as well, man. I appreciate you and you coach with uh you coach with one of my boys, Tosh. Yeah, yeah, I coach with Tosh. Tosh is man, Tosh. Tosh gets after man. Tosh, yeah. high energy guy, loves football, work his butt off, recruits hard, hard and yes. uh, I really I really enjoy Tosh, man. He's a he's a great dude, man. Great dude. Yes. We got we 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 have a lot of connections through other people as well but uh I, like i say anytime i can do this no problem i appreciate you asking me to come on this is awesome yeah it's great uh, man hey I, I appreciate you well i appreciate you man I, i'll talk to you real soon okay buddy all right man i'll see you later hey everyone thanks for tuning in and joining mjd and i if you like this podcast make sure you share review and rate it and never forget go green Thanks for listening to Tucker Talks. Like this podcast? Don't forget to share it, subscribe to it, and follow Coach Tucker on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Coach underscore M. Tucker. And remember, when it comes to your dreams, only labels have limits. What you can accomplish is limitless when you're relentless. Relentless.